Good afternoon. This is Pamela, and you're listening to Watchmen on the Pod. Uh, we are going to continue in our book reading, The Unbreakable Covenant of Marriage by Raymond McCann. And this is entitled, Watch Out America. These divorces and remarriages, no matter how prevalent they are, are a reproach to our very nation and to the moral integrity of the church bodies. We claim righteousness as a nation, but our sins of greed, racism, and immorality are going to find us out. God said that he would avenge his soul on such a nation as this. The last thing we need to do as Christians, as nominal Christians in America, and especially as born-again citizens of heaven, is to lift up ourselves in pride. There are serious warnings in Paul's letters to the Romans and the Corinthians to all who are naming Christ and who are standing by faith. Paul admonishes Gentile Christians not to be puffed up because of their faith in Jesus. He points out that the events recounted in the Old Testament are an example to us and written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 11, and 12. Would that all men were doing so as well as continuing God's goodness. But Paul's warning to the Gentile Christians is real. Though his warnings may bother the theological positions of some, Paul clearly admonishes us all that we are not to be wise in our own conceits, nor to be high-minded, but rather to fear. Fear whom? God. Paul does not seem to think that it is optional to continue in his goodness and Paul's position. I'm sorry, let me reread that so we can understand what exactly what it's saying. Paul does not think to does not seem to think that it is optional to continue in his goodness. And Paul's position in the above passage might strike some as being legalistic. But I would rather agree with Paul's teachings, which he received from the Lord, than any theological positioning that seems to make allowances for the very sin nature and sins for which Jesus died. He rose again for our justification and sanctification, not for permissiveness and compromise. Paul had it right when he wrote in Romans chapter 6, 1 through 2, that we are not to continue in sin, that grace may abound. That does not mean that there is no remedy for any sin commit after coming to Christ. But do you remember what the Apostle John wrote? My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. 1 John chapter 2, verse 11. Paul further states, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness? Romans chapter 6 14 through 16. How I wish that I could say with the Apostle Paul about the church in America, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you, being then made free 
from sin ye became the servants of righteousness romans chapter six seventeen through eighteen unfortunately our practice of divorce and remarriage does not reflect obedience from the heart to the direct teachings and commandments of jesus christ does god want our nation to be blessed of course he does but what about the rampant forms of all sexual immorality, of adultery, of fornication, of the abusers of themselves with mankind? None of this is happening by accident, but by selfish and sinful choices. No divorce from a covenant marriage happens without unrepented sins of omission and commission coming on in, going on in the camp from one or both spouses. And then there is such immodesty and profanity in almost all the forms of entertainment and media, so much so that many young ones now growing up do not even consider fornication or any sexual experimentation, so-called short of fornication, to be a sin. Let us remain silent, politically correct, and tolerant. I speak as a fool. Does this testify of our devotion to Jesus? The changes must begin in those who are called by his name. But if we refuse to repent of the rampant sanctioned adulteries in the house of God, we are already paying and will continue to pay a heavy price and righteous judgment from God. No matter how small or and poor or large and prosperous our ministries may appear on the outward. Do we want God to write Ichabod on our doors? Do we want our churches to have a name that we live and yet are dead in God's sight? Would we not rather to be like the Philadelphian church commended by Jesus in the book of Revelation? They were said to have little strength and yet had kept Christ's word and had not denied his name. Because of this, Jesus told them, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Revelation chapter 3 verse 10. What a difference between their walk in Christ and what we often see today, even in the houses of God. Do all these divorces, and especially the remarriages, represent the word of my patience, as Jesus said to the brethren in Philadelphia? These divorces and remarriages, when either party has a covenant spouse alive, are nothing short of adulteries in God's sight. There is a remedy, obedience to Christ. Sorry will not be good enough for God on this. We, as Christians, should be with our true marriages, representing Christ's fidelity to his bride and body, the church. Fidelity is our covenant vows. Instead, we are acting more like the world. People want what they want and like the Pharisees in Luke 16 will seek to justify what God calls an abomination. Study these next verses and see if John's teaching could possibly be in agreement with all of these surreal marriages. Love not the world neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, and parentheses he has, the sinful tendencies in our physical bodies. Scripture, and the lust of the eyes, and parentheses, the gateway to our mind and imagination in uncleanliness and covetedness. 
back to scripture, and the pride of life, in parentheses, lifted up in one's mind and behavior choices against the Creator, back to scripture, is not of the Father, but is of the world, and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. First John chapter two, fifteen through seventeen. We can show respect to others without denying Christ. Jesus warned us that if we deny him before men, he would deny us before the Father. We cannot have it both ways. Why would God overlook such wickedness, especially since we claim more light because of the gospel of Jesus Christ than even the ancient Jews to whom were committed the oracles of God? But God is not done yet. From chapter 6 through chapter 9 of Jeremiah, God continues to use Jeremiah's voice like the proverbial trumpet, clearing, clearly de declaring unto the kingdom of Judah their sins. Have you noticed by now that such a nation as this can include any nation that behaves this way, and not just the nation of Judah? Before we proceed with the third warning in Jeremiah 9, let us hear what was said to the people in Jeremiah chapter 7. One minute. Okay. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all ye of Judah, that enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Trust ye not in lying words, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. In parentheses, as if the repetitive incantations of these words would stop Nebuchadnezzar from showing up. Back to scripture. For if ye thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if ye thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if ye oppress not the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, and shed not innocent blood in this place, parentheses, think about the horror of abortion or of genocide. Back to scripture. Neither walk after other gods to your hurt then, in parentheses, it is a conditional promise. Back to scripture. Will I cause you to dwell in this place, in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever? Behold, ye trust in lying words, in parentheses, as opposed to the word of God. Back to scripture. What that cannot profit? Will ye steal, murder, and commit adultery, and swear falsely? Parentheses. Think of all the violated marriage vows. Back to scripture. And burn incense unto Baal? Princes, a pagan god of fertility and prosperity, supposedly a chief god. Back to scripture. And walk after gods whom you know not, and come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say we are delivered to do all these abominations? In parentheses. In other words, they had the I can't help myself syndrome victimization. Mm -mm. Back to scripture. Is this house, which is called by my name, became a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, even I have seen it, saith the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 7, 1 through 11. Nowhere in these passages is it suggested that simply saying, I'm sorry, or even feeling sorry, is ever enough to qualify as true repentance from God's viewpoint. 
He expects action, the same sort of action that John the Baptist challenged the Pharisees and King Herod to take. In other words, bring forth fruit, therefore fruits meet for repentance. Matthew chapter 3 verse 8. In the passage above, God gave the people both the general attitudes to have and the specific actions to take that would please him, actions that were clearly other-centered, born out of love and compassion. There was no wiggle room in what he declared, no ambiguity as to what he said or meant. Again, we see God's willingness to advert or postpone judgment if they would only obey his challenge to repent and do those things that are truly righteous in his sight. God was justifiably angry that they were doing these abominations and then came to worship in his house. They were profaning his holy name before the world when they had been commissioned by God to be the city set on a hill. No wonder Jesus wept. Is he weeping again? Now consider the prophetic word given to the apostle Peter. He also foresaw the wicked hiding among God's own would cause the way of truth to be evil spoken of and that there would be those in the midst sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls and heart they have exercised with coveted practices. Second Peter chapter 2, 13 through 14. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false prophets or for false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction, and many shall follow their penarius, in parentheses, destructive, evil, deadly, fatal ways. Back to scripture. By reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. The allowance for divorce and remarriage to which God is directly opposed represents one of these heresies. It shows infidelity as opposed to faithfulness, covenant breaker, breaking instead of maintaining purity and integrity in one's vows. Divorce and remarriage are, are pernicious. They are hurtful and destructive. They are not victimless. Jude said in the... In verse 4 of his general epistle, that in his day there already were ungodly men creeping into the midst who were ordained of old to this condemnation. They would seek to turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. In so doing, they would deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And now to the third warning found in Jeremiah chapter 9, shall not my soul be avenged as such a nation as this? And I'm going to have to stop that for now because the animals are going crazy. I will pick it up later. I love you all so very, very much. Keep your eyes on Jesus, your nose in the book, which is the word of God. And embed the word of God upon the tablets of your hearts so you will not sin against God or be deceived. Be blessed, brothers and sisters. Be blessed.